You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. Warning, the episode you're about to listen to may include plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off! Benedict Cumberballs! Welcome to Trek Off! My name's Justin. And my name's Alexia. And blah, blah, we are we are uh, we are are going to be talking um, about some rumors that we all thought were true and ended up not being true. But um, that's not true. It's not that there was like somebody's opinion that it's not true. It wasn't like it's not true. Like I read the thing they sent me and I was all excited, and then I was like, "You fucking liar! This is just like some dude is like I don't I don't think it's true." Like I'm anybody can say that. That doesn't make that shit true. <laughs> so, so I w- this is what I w- want to imagine happened today. Um, I I texted Alexia. I was like, "Hey, let's do a show tonight," which she loved, and she's like, <laughs> "In in my defense, my favorite thing." Ever. In my defense, I sent the text yesterday, but um, but but she's like, she's like, "No, I don't know if I want to." And I was like, I was like, "Okay, well, maybe we'll work it out another time." And what should it be about? And we we're like, "She's about the show." And we started talking about the show, and like 15 minutes goes by, like the new show that would happen. 15 minutes goes by, and she's like, "We're doing it tonight." Like she's like, she's like, wait, this is this. You shall not pass. <laughs> um, but before we start, before we start, I want to tell you all why I was late tonight. Oh, but you all, hold on, maybe I should do one thing first. Uh, because there's, we're not alone. <laughs> we're not alone. Do 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 do. Um, tonight, uh, we have a guest, another guest. Um. Uh, having so much fun uh, with Matt last week, um, uh, we decided, uh, even though we were doing an Us show, me and Alexia, we decided we should go back to the Delta Quadrant and see somebody. So much like the Doctor traveling over subspace to to talk to Andy Dick, here is my favorite <laughs> Dick, Gino from the Delta Quadrant. Hello, hello, hello. I will disregard the relation to Andy Dick, but hey, thanks for <laughs> playing the song of my people. That was pretty yeah. great. Well, and 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 you are not my favorite Dick. Um, okay, well, mine is. I'll keep trying. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, that's like a bold statement. Is there? I'll send you more pictures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gino, why don't uh, why don't you take a minute or two and and tell us. Uh, like your history of Star Trek and how you got involved with the Delta Project. Well, I've been watching Star Trek since I was super tiny. And, Good, uh, thanks. Um, so talk. <laughs> That's not it, really. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Take, take a minute. Why, why, why Star Trek? What was, what was the appeal? Uh, you know what wasn't the appeal? You know, it started out and sci-fi was just cool. You know, and Star Trek was. All the rage, you know, as you grow up, you realize it's not just a cool show about space and guns and aliens. It's, you know, day in and day out, they're doing episodes about this is what makes us better people. These are the questions we ask ourselves in daily lives that we can relate to with funny-looking people. And, uh, you know, life goes on. I become more of a Trekkie, and uh, I, I find out about these cool things called podcasts. And I start listening to them. And I actually uh, got really into listening to the Gamma Quadrant as they were recording, and that got me into watching DS9, which I hadn't seen before. I'm about halfway through the Gamma Quadrant, by the way. I'm like season four of the Gamma Quadrant now. Okay, cool. It was a a great show, and it was very well structured. My gripe every week was bring on a guest, have somebody new, do something fresh. And, you know, it's like by the time you're that far into a show, you don't want to change it up. And they kept it consistent, and I love that. So I'm like, what else is out there? And then I find out about the Delta Quadrant. And they're in like season one or two or something like that. And, I mean, I'm not going to talk bad about my own people. And it's changed hands so many times that I was like, this isn't going anywhere. I mean, this has no structure and whatever. And, and I started getting my hand into doing some voice acting things. And I said, you know what? 
why don't I see if I can be on this show? Just, you know, show up as a guest and see what happens. You know, I'd listen to other Star Trek podcasts, and I showed up and never left. <laughs> so so tell us about voice. At, like, so first of all, where are you, like, right now? Where are you located in the country, sir? Oh, in the country. I'm in Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma? The, uh, yeah. oh the, the, the center of the voice acting community. Right. I'm in the hub <laughs> of it all. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny though is you don't have to be anywhere to do any specific voice acting. I mean, yeah, there are big studios. You can go to LA, you can go to Dallas for a lot of the uh, anime and, and a lot of video games are starting in Dallas, but a lot of stuff you can do from home. You know, well, if you yeah, have I, a good enough setup and good connections, I, most of my work actually has come out of Seattle. Well, yeah, that actually my um, you know, as anyone who listens to the show knows, our our good friend uh, Daniel Ross was uh was in the first Transformers video game. It was a whole bunch of like voices and Starscream on that game and stuff like that. And cool. he did, and he did. He was remotely directed by the guy who directed. You know who directed the first the voice acting for the first Transformers game? Rick Moranis. Carl Weathers. Oh, okay. Carl of all people. Weathers? Yes. <laughs> so he that's, goes. That's that's really funny to me because I I I recently uh, found. Um, Arrested Development, and I hadn't okay. seen it yet. So, like, I don't know if you watch that show, but Carl Weathers is on that show as Carl Weathers, and he plays Tobias's, like, he teaches Tobias to be an actor or whatever. He's like his okay. acting coach, and it's really funny. So, like, it was interesting that he directed uh, Daniel ver via a, uh, a monitor. So he wasn't there. Like, the, it was all done, everything was done remotely. Daniel was in a local studio being directed from LA. And it like so it's yeah voice acting is the one place where that I guess that is something you can do. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and it's growing. the The voice acting community is really helpful. I I think the you know screen acting and stage acting communities are incredibly competitive. But the one thing about voice acting is your voice is completely different from anybody else's. So if you audition for a job and a hundred other people audition for the job and you don't get it, it's not that they didn't like you. It's that maybe there were 20 other people with the voice they were looking more for. So you don't have to deal with that much rejection. It's what's, what's, what's fun and what's going to make this podcast particularly fun because we've, we've done um, – I guess we've done it with Paul as well. But it's rare that we have three – I mean we're all three of us profe like professional actors. Like we, we, we've all been trained. We all are – we all love attention. We all, we all have <laughs> – Oh, opinions. hell yeah. Um, uh, and and we are all that sort of actory personality. So I maybe I'm... it's best that we're not actually in the same physical space. Then, <laughs> like I feel like a throwdown would happen. Like Especially I'm talking here, bitch. Yes, but 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 we all just start doing actor warm ups, or so all just going to sit in solemn la, silence. La, la. <laughs> all I want is a proper cup of coffee. Unique in New a York. Cup unique of unique New York. <laughs> <laughs> so um. So, like I was saying today, um, we are going to be talking, and I'm just going to, like, I'm going to let Alexia go, um, because there were, uh, I mean, she's been waiting for three weeks. To, we, she wanted to do this when we were, like, halfway through the original series season, and we had to finish the original series, finish, yeah. so we had to put this on the back burner. So, um, go for it. Uh, is there going to be a new Star Trek show, or was there, or was there a, I, an So, I think it's still, I, I think we still don't know for sure, but I know that I, you know, was on the Facebook, and somebody like had posted, do. like you do, not like I do very often, but I do do it. Um, you said do-do. I know, I was waiting for it, I was like, wait for it. <laughs> um so somebody had posted this article saying new truck shows, and I was like, "What?" So I immediately read that shit, even though fucking Facebook is buggy as, as all hell. And I was like, "No, I have to read." So I did like three or four times just to read this fucking article. And then I read it, and I was like, "I was so mad." I was like, "They can't do this. They can't make these shows. Please, God, don't let it happen." Because basically, the the article said that CBS had two shows in production, or like not in production, like in pre-production, in talks, and they were basically almost ready to pull the trigger on them. One was going to be essentially CSI in space. So it was Star Trek, but basically like it was a police procedural in so, space. So I'm looking at it right here. Uh, uh, I'll just read you from this article from, of all the things, callthecops.net. Yeah, it. that's what I was going to say. Read the <laughs> fucking web address before you do anything. <laughs> Callthecops.net. All right, so here it says... We just posted on moviehoaxes.org. <laughs> uh, 
The first of the shows is a police procedural based in the Star Trek universe. The working title is Starfleet, Starfleet Investigative Section, or SFIS, which promises to be a sci-fi version of CSI or NCIS. The plot outline we were given is that the show will follow the exploits of the starship Edmund Locard. For those not familiar with forensic science, Edmund Locard was a French scientist who was responsible with the development of the first modern crime lab. The outline said that the USS Locard would likely be a defiant class type smaller warship. Go, or starship. Go on. Alexia, you heard this, and your reaction was? And my reaction was like, what? No. Stop. Wrong. Because I don't know about anybody else. But, like, I guess it felt like there would be... I, I still don't know that it's it's probably a hoax. I mean, that seems to be the consensus. But, like, I haven't... I don't have proof positive. CBS hasn't come out and said, that's bullshit. And, like, I need to hear that. Because, <laughs> cause like, my fear is that, like, the thing that upsets me the most about that is that it totally sounds like some stupid shit that they would do. That, like, those <laughs> idiot jackasses in a fucking, you know, boardroom somewhere, they're like, you know what's really hot right now? People love, they, like, love NCIS. NCIS. People love that shit. And the new Star Trek. Dude, put that shit together and people will love it. And I'm like, no! Because it's not fucking Star Trek. Well, that that well, as I think that sounds like a great show compared to <laughs> right the next one that there was a possibility. <laughs> in the second show, Star Trek again from callthecops.net. In the second show, Star Trek will be taking on a meta will be taking on a medical rescue drama theme with a working title of Star Trek Pierce. It is unknown, based on the outline of the name Pierce, is in honor of the fire engine manufacturer or the U.S. Navy corpsman who received the Medal of Honor in World War II. The second or show Hawkeye of... Pierce. <laughs> or Hawkeye Pierce. <laughs> or, or, or clit piercings. Um, the second... <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a show where they go around the universe piercing clits. That's all it is. <laughs> that would almost be a better show than what they're proposing. <laughs> um, it's I, a flaw, I, am I right? Whoa. Yeah, and... And there will be a there'll be a Ferengi on, and his name will be Clit. <laughs> that's just a Ferengi name. Hi, my name's Clit. Damon <laughs> Clit. Damon Clit is my name. Um, you do uh, umlauts. Oh no. <laughs> the, the the second show will follow the crew of the USS Pierce, a heavy rescue starship. In the outline we got, the USS Pierce is described as being a new breed of starship with a prototype warp jump drive. The warp jump is able to open an artificial wormhole between wormhole generators. Starfleet vessels in the show have emergency beacons that contain one half of the wormhole generator. The USS Pierce also carries deployable probes that make up the other half of the... So blah, blah, blah. So essentially there are, like... Like they get they get the word from a starship in trouble and they go help the starship. That's like the idea, right? Right, oh, so because the doctor on the ship is not good enough, right? Seriously. Because because why? I mean, why even have a ship's doctor if we got these fucking guys that just fucking go around and fucking deal with the shit? Then what's he there for if you have a fucking cold? <laughs> so what's the, so what's the like like so what? I mean, I'll just let you go. I mean, I, I, what's your beef, Alexia? I mean, what 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 makes it? It it, yeah. it could it like it couldn't be more not Star Trek if it tried. I feel like I feel like if it was if we were to follow the exploits of like a a, a smuggling ship that or or like an entertainment ship that went around providing strippers to various fucking ships, that would be more Star Trek than either of these. I would like, be likely to watch it. And I would watch that too. But I mean, <laughs> if I had those options, I'd be like, I'll watch the stripper one. Like, you know, like, because I'm not gonna watch these fucking these shows that have been proposed. I would not watch them. I hope no one would watch them. Like, because seriously, you know, there's enough of that on the air. And I guess the reason that I felt like reading it, like there was a grain of truth there, is because there are so many shows now where they're, you know how like fairy tales are all the rage, right? Like the, the retelling of fairy tales. So then they have Grimm, which is essentially what? A police procedural with fairy tale characters, right? So like it completely seems feasible to me that they would be like, people love those kinds of shows. Let's, let's throw a Star Trek skin on it. Get that shit out there. We'll sell it. Um, and it's just not what the show is about. Like, that's the thing. There's all, there's a ton of those fucking shows out there. I don't necessarily have anything against them, but they're not Star Trek, you know? And 
I think there are so much more interesting things to do. Like, I don't know, having a show, like, if the, the closest well, well, I yeah, can well, come yeah, up I, with. I, I, okay, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you put a pin on that because that okay. is... That well, is then a, that... I guess it just it upset me because it's not yeah. Star Trek in any way as far as I'm concerned. And like, and like I said, with this fucking... There's no even underpinnings in the universe. Like, so let's say we gave him the benefit of the doubt and this was like future even from, say, like Voyager, right? So it's like we've never, ever, ever heard of either of these things. So like... What just what happens in the future? Everything's so fucking crazy that like now we have to have like a specific core that does the police investigations. Like we have to have a police because it doesn't even make sense. Like if you look at it from like a world building perspective, it's fucking stupid. We're right, so, in space. Okay. I'm <laughs> saying I'm saying Gino Gino is 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 doing the crazy dance. So I'm gonna give Gino a chance to. Uh, <laughs> I, I have my thoughts, but I'm I'm very interested in hearing uh, Gino's crazy dance thoughts. Go, I Gino. I just can't agree with you more. I mean, this is <laughs> seriously. This is not what Star Trek is about. The show is about us as human beings, not oh the amount of semen that we found on this Bolian prisoner was immense, and uh, we have to call in the specific defiant. What the uh, defiant is a warship? Be the right? W, you right? assholes. Okay. <laughs> Send investigators on a defiant class ship. No, right? no, no, send no, them on a little the, space bubble. Would the semen get? Would the, would the semen get like all dried and sticky right in the line part in the middle of their face? Of course. It's like, like it's just right there. It's just how did they get semen only I in the line? That's where it comes from, actually. Based on the angle of the semen hitting, it's clearly <laughs> this type of alien because their reproductive organs come out right. of their elbow. Well, no, no. I think, I think, I think Gino. I think Gino got it where he said it comes from that line. Like, like it sprays in, like, like, like those uh, sprinklers you put in your yard where they just like all come out like in a straight line out. So, 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 so they're like moving their head back and forth, bit, 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 left, bit, 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 left. It's, it's, it's really, really. I, I, a bullion orgy is somewhere you're just covered in blue goo. We talked about yeah. that like a year ago. Alexi and I were like, like those foam parties. Don't take me to one of those things. <laughs> It's like getting in a ball pit with two-year-olds. There's gonna be liquid eventually. <laughs> Damon Clit is just in there, like, why am I here? This isn't fun at all. <laughs> now it's in my ears. I can't hear. Oh, this isn't what I thought I'd be doing this Tuesday at all. I am highly disappointed. <laughs> Wah wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I am gonna be the I'm gonna be I guess the sole voice in the opposite direction. No, but here's the thing: you're you're always accusing me of being the hater, and I'm gonna say that that I just remember so much the the people who were like like sweating DS9 when it came out, where it was like Star Trek's about a ship that explores, and it's about exploration, and you can't have it be on a, on a space station. It's about going places, and that's what Star Trek is. It's these are the voyages. Where are you voyaging? Blah, blah, blah. And um, I think that they, it ultimately came down to, you know, the, the, the characters and what they were able to do with it, what they were, like, the way they could build the world. I, I don't actually mind the idea well, I think the difference there, though, dude, is, like, because I, I remember having a little bit of, like, I didn't have some, I didn't have this strong, visceral, I'm going to puke right now when I heard about Deep Space Nine. Like, yeah. I definitely was like, I'm a little concerned that it's on a, that it's on a space station, like, so they're not really going to do a lot of exploring, but... You know, at least they're gonna—they're out in space. They're probably gonna have some interesting characters come along, and that would give them the same avenue. It's a—it's—it's it's stationary exploration, right? Like it's instead of going out and finding the new things, like the new things are coming to you. But it's, it's about still a stationary you get because they're on a station. Right. But you see what I'm saying? Like, so it didn't occur to me as dangerous as as making it like some other show, right? Right. Because like Deep Space well, they, Nine wasn't. 
they still had that exploration aspect, though. I mean, you're mm-hmm. on the edge of the Gamma Quadrant, where we hadn't seen anything. All this weird shit's just pouring out of this hole, like Jem Hadar and crazy people that we'd never seen before. But there's that conflict there, and there's still the Star Trekiness of this is how we react to the things that are going on in our society. If you make it one group of people doing one specific job, that might be okay for one episode of yeah. Star Trek, but not an entire series. You have nothing to go on at that point. Yeah, like, because uh, it's like, do, would you really want to sit and spend an entire series on, like, I don't know, say, Geordi and engineering? Okay, um, he's crawling through the Jeffries tube. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, every, uh, every, every couple of episodes, a warp corp reaches and he has to run on the ground and do that little roll thing underneath the door that's closing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like him and his little engineering team. Like, would anybody want to watch an entire season and and plural seasons of that? Um, if they were on the move, if they were like basically they are the they are the the traveling. On the move or on the moon? I didn't hear you right. Oh, look at your eyes! Ah! On the moon. That's a great. Uh, uh, for those who can't uh, see, uh, which would be everybody, since we're an audio podcast, that was a stupid thing to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Jordy visor. Um, the uh, I guess for me, the thing about it that I like is the concept of a ship that can jaunt around the the Federation and stuff. Um, I just like I love the, the word con- jaunt. It's a great word. Great great use of the word jaunt, by the way. The the only other idea I've heard, a specific idea I've heard for a show, um, was from last October, where uh, Michael Dorn was said to have been working on a Captain Worf show that was actually well into the process of some kind of pre-production or writing or something. Um, I'm getting this information from ScreenRant.com, and it says... Uh, <clears throat> I'll just read you the first bit. Uh, Geek favorites Brian Fuller and Brian Singer have been forthcoming about their hopes of bringing Star Trek back to the small screen after the release of J.J. Abrams' elusive uh, elusive sequel to the Trek movie reboot next summer. However, it turns out out that those two aren't the only ones with big dreams about a new sci-fi series set in that sci-fi universe. Michael Dorn is also taking steps to reprise his signature Trek Trek role on a spinoff tentatively titled Star Trek Michael Dorn Needs More Money. <laughs> um, He's oh, sorry. The highest paid Trek actor. Yeah, Captain. Right. Cap- Captain Worf. Um, <laughs> I mean, so my my first question, I guess, is, and and the reason I had you put a pin on it earlier is that I think that I would love for us to conclude, um, and probably spend the last half of what we're doing, um, proposing neat ideas for Star Trek shows. But I don't want to go there yet. Um, do you think that prime timeline, uh, is done? Do you think that we'll ever go back to it for a show? Alexia, go. I mean, I don't see why not. Like, I don't see any reason not to, ex- other than it doesn't cash in on the reboot. Well, and, and it's also it's also out of continuity, right? I mean, it's like the continuity that we're following in the films is the continuity that everybody knows. So what they would be doing... Like, I always felt like the next generation was uh, more of a spinoff of the Star Trek films. Of the okay. of the original series films, it had the same kind of tone, the same sort of militaristic hierarchy. It resembled very, very much the way that um, really you could call it the Nicholas Meyerverse, which is you know Star Trek's two two through six. It seemed like Next Gen was the next sort of logical step, um, like a like a like an amalgam of that and what Star Trek Phase Two would have been, um, and and it didn't seem to have a ton of resemblance to the more carefree original series. It seemed very much to have that sort of super serious Star Trek II vibe to it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the Star Trek that, you know, that the demographics that matter, which is unfortunately is no longer you and I, Alexia. Um, Bullshit! I, I know, but okay. But the demographics who are, who are forming new buy, buying habits, um, they know that Star Trek. So... You know, that I don't know. Just just do you think I, I think you run into um uh, dicey waters because it's like if you if you do it like there's almost this idea, I think I guess there's almost this this thought that you could have a a next gen, you know, based off of this new timeline, this this alternate universe or what have you that we've got going on from the the movies. But if you do that, like, 
you you won't have characters, or I mean, I guess you could recast them, you know, but like the idea that you would run into Picard or somebody else, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you have, you have to be kind of careful because those characters would still be there and they'd still be a lot like who they are if they were there. You know, like to, to say that they all just die because it's a different timeline is a bit much. You know what I mean? I think it's a really interesting idea. Maybe we'll hit that when we're in the second half of the show of maybe they do a show called Star Trek The Next Generation on TV. And it is a reboot set in the new universe of Star Trek The Next Generation where things can be different. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that could be okay. I just I think it becomes, like I said, it's it, you got to tread carefully because you do have to consider there is still a level of continuity there, right? Because we're right. not completely different than the world that we are now. It's just circumstances okay. have happened, so people are dead, some people aren't, you know, aren't in the place that they would be, but they're still who they are to some extent. You know what I mean? Gino, I saw you shaking your head um, when I said, do we re-enter the Prime Universe? And you were like, no, we don't, motherfucker. <laughs> that exactly. You, That's exactly and, what I was doing. <laughs> and then you stabbed a bitch. And I don't know what that was about. But I've he, got stacks of bitches here for stabbing. And when I say a bitch, I mean I don't mean bitch like a woman bitch. I mean a man who's being kind of a bitch. Yeah. Um, so you just you just have like a, a bunch of, of man bitches. bitches that you st are stabbing. Every time you just, I think it, you're covered with blood. I can't believe what I'm this. It's awful. Go ahead. Why? Why? Clean up the blood and tell us why you shook your head now. Well, first of all, it's not my fault that I keep making these milkshakes and these bitches keep showing up in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> but about the show, there's there's so much canon to fall in line with, and that was one fun, fun, had a fundamental problem behind Enterprise, was that if you're making a prequel, the only thing you can result in doing is tying together all the canon. So you oust everybody that's not a Star Trek fan. Now, I don't want to down Enterprise. It was a good show, and the it. fault with Enterprise was it happened at the wrong time. You know, so many things that were sure. going on in the country had to be reflected on what was going on on TV. People didn't want to watch at the end. But yeah, I mean, like it's they were so like canon was such a problem. All they could do is cap capture Captain Archer every four episodes in that's jail. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, Captain Archer has been Don't captured again. I uh, wonder if the jailer. It. I wonder if the jailer this week is going to be Al from Quantum. Oh, look at it! <laughs> um, Stop it. Well, the problem with going back to Prime Universe is that canon, and you've got to appeal to so many fans that it's so played out that you show a show for Trekkies, everybody else who's not a Trekkie is going to go, I don't want to watch that. There's so much I have to get caught up on. There's what over 700 episodes of Star Trek existing right now, not to mention the movies, not to mention the books. The only way I could say they'd find a way out is by getting in league with the guys doing Star Trek Online. They're making new stuff all the time while still staying in that level. And they're, I mean, the nerds who started watching Star Trek at kid, as kids have now grown up. And let me be clear here. Big Bang Theory is not about nerds. It's making fun of nerds. The real nerds are making stuff like Star Trek Online and, you know, 3D printers and the awesome things. And they could extend that, but you'd still be appealing to the Trekkies that exist. And those people are getting old. We're getting old, guys. Know, the new right? people who are spending that money, just like you're saying, man, it's... You have to put We're like 15 years older than you. <laughs> we're like way older than you. I, I, am, I don't know I about am, that. I am 55. Sure. <laughs> I, am, I am 73 years old. My AARP card is so old. It's amazing when when I mean I was I was I was born way back when Star Trek was called Wagon Trip. No, um, <laughs> wait, way back when I was I was born back when Star Trek was called the Odyssey. Um, my <laughs> everybody died of dysentery. And you always go hunting, but you end up with more food than you needed, and. Uh. Uh, so um, I guess I guess the thing is is that is that I wonder, um, you have a really great point about Star Trek Online. Um. And I want, I want to get into more detail about my thoughts on that later, but I will say this. What Star Trek Online may be able to do is what could happen in the Prime Universe is that Star Trek Online happens after everything. 
so you don't have to worry about canon. Like, right. I don't have to worry about the canon of history if I'm making a show that happens now. Because, I like stuff. Yeah, it's, it goes forward, and so you don't have to worry about the thousand things that happened before. You, so I, I, I right. want to talk about my ideas, the, but later. Um, it did occur to me about this, by the way. I have given J.J. shit because I firmly did believe... Did you mail that, it to him, or did you physically give it to him? I, hand, <laughs> I, I handed it to him. Okay. I was like, hey, J.J., and I just write in my pants. Oh, um, fresh ones. Oh, okay. so like from your ass into his hands or face well, or like you did or did you poop like in your hand and then transfer? Like how did you? <laughs> the world wants to know. I mean, I it's really that's it. we all need to know the deets. I'm I'm not comfortable. <laughs> Give us the deets. I, it's it's very private and intimate. That's not something. Really <laughs> it's a bit moment between you and JJ. You're just really no. So so I I have been I have been hard on on the dark on, hallway on, playing private dancer <laughs> and, and to JJ Abrams. <laughs> dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. <laughs> um. And then I realized I was Shia LaBeouf. No, the the, the <laughs> aren't we all? The uh, the thing that I um that I realized I've been so hard on JJ about. I think he destroyed the prime timeline. I don't think we're in an alternate universe. I think it's destroyed. Well, that's just because gone. You're stupid though. Um, just because Uhura goes, we're in an alternate timeline. I'm like, really? Where'd you get? They your couldn't degree? make it any more plain, dude. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, they couldn't have made it any more plain than if they had, like, took you out to fucking dinner, like, showed you a good time, and then after they were done, like, so Justin, we, we, we need you to understand. It's an alternate timeline, okay? To so which the prime I, timeline is you fine. You knew what this was. Everything's Don't fine. Don't try to make this anything more than it was. You knew. <laughs> to Take which, your to shoes. Which, Don't leave them here. To which, I, <laughs> uh, to which, again, I would just say, I would say you can say it all you want. It's not in line with the way timelines have ever been handled in Star Trek before. You change the past and it changes the present. Yesterday's Enterprise, Star Trek First Contact, if you go back and change an event in the past, the present changes. It's not, You're talking about the butterfly effect, and that is something that if we were to get into new shows in this new universe would be so rampant that you'd have to make up new stuff. I mean, think so, about it. Vulcan is gone. Well, this is so. This is what I was thinking of. Right. I I can't I can't blame JJ. No, I can't blame JJ. Nor would Spock be from the original timeline. It occurs to me. Spock is not from the original timeline. Spock is from the Enterprise timeline. Wait, what? Question. Enter so Enterprise. Enterprise happens, Enterprise being a prequel, and there is a temporal cold war wherein someone from the 29th century comes back in time and draws a big line through Florida and kills like a million people. And that there's a giant refocusing of Starfleet's intentions for its in like third year of ever existing of exploration to instead of doing whatever shit they were going to do that third year of exploring, they go into the expanse to deal with the whole Zindi shit. And we're introduced to the Zindi in ways that we weren't ever going to be introduced before. And our main captain finds himself on a 29th century ship. And all this shit happens. And so from that moment forward, that's, those, are, those aren't little changes. Those are like, we wiped out part of Florida. Had a it would be, it's like, like the, attack, the Zindi attack on Florida is 9-11. That's, exactly. that's, what, that's what it is. So that's what it's that, parallel to. I mean, that's when it happened. So if that's 9-11... That is as changing to the course of Star of Star Trek. You're both drinking at the same time. It's amazing in the same direction. It was cool. Um, it, it's it's like it, it would be like 9/11 not happening, and what would happen differently, and how does the world change from there? And then if you go like there's one starship. Maybe if it didn't happen, Toby fucking Keith wouldn't be such a big star, and he could just go away. Well, but the, I, I guess what in that universe? How can I, I guess, get there? I guess what I'm saying is not only are you like saying what if 9/11 didn't happen, but you're also going there's only one ship that's out there making all the first contacts, and for a year it's taken away from its mission. So what changes? So if we go that, it, we know that that based on the presence of the of the Enterprise model in Star Trek Into Darkness, we know that Enterprise happened, Zephyr Cochran happened. We know that all of that happened um, for Star for. Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Into Darkness. So therefore, we're actually in the Enterprise timeline when Nero goes back and blows up Vulcan. So, so following back to the Future 2 rules, the Spock you're seeing <laughs> is the the Spock you're seeing is the Spock 
I, I remember because that's how Hurley explained it on Lost. The spark you're seeing uh, that that comes back is from Archer's future, where all that shit happened. Make sense? The big yeah. change started on Enterprise it, it, it before JJ ever time. changed anything. And they've gone away, and you don't make first contact with these civilizations, or they do in a different way. I mean. When that's the case, you have to think about what races were close to us in the Alpha slash Beta Quadrant. You're talking Klingons, you're talking Ferengi, you're talking Romulans, and you know a lot of the people we ran into in the original series because yeah. they didn't get too far out of the neighborhood, I mean, except in Star Trek V when they went out of the galaxy. What was that? Yeah, I don't know. We don't <laughs> like to talk about that. Um, but the yeah, with the the Klingons though, like we sort of have an established. You know, like, they don't really like us. Right, but they don't really, really like really anybody. Like and apparently yeah. they have spiky dicks, so... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so, so look at the Klingons, right? So so we say that Archer's experience with the Klingons is our first contact with the Klingons. And Archer's entire first experience, our entire first contact with the Klingons, is now influenced by the presence of the Zindi, who come from being influenced from way in the future. That wasn't originally supposed to go down that way which means our entire relationship with the Klingons that we now see in Star Trek Into Darkness, where they're all pissy and shitty with us in ways that they weren't before, maybe. Who knows where they would have been at this point. You know, and the fact that they're all aggressive, they're not like the, they're going to speak in Klingonese! Oh! You know, that's not happening now in Star Trek. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> you know? So, so maybe the reason that, that, that they're now, you know, as the, as the Honest Movie Trailer calls them Blingons, is because is because of the shit that happened in Enterprise. Because instead of meeting us and going, oh, we don't like these guys, I guess we'll be shitty to them for a while and occasionally have fights. Now they're like, fuck it, we're going to war with you because the first time we met you, all this shit happened. So, like, some bumpy I mean, green dudes chased, it in, chased us into a grain silo in Oklahoma and yeah. ended up with a hostage situation. And who's going to lead us? You! Sorry, that's that's my my impression of RoboCop yelling at Kirk. All oh, right. Here's here's my impression. Your of move, Kirk. Starfleet. Here's here's my impression of Kirk yelling at Sherlock. The only reason that you are still alive is because I'm allowing it. So shut your mouth. Sorry. Gee, Ran. It's a terrible performance right there, Chris Pine. That was so. That was that. That didn't sound anything like Chris Pine's performance. But everything else. Ran. Uh, every you know here's the thing everything else he did in in, in as much as I have problems with Inter Darkness I don't have any problems with Chris Pine in Inter Darkness I love him as Kirk except that moment in that moment it seems very much a I'm given a line just a sort of a scenery chewing line that one that's yeah. the only moment that was I mean it's not a good line like I don't but I can't blame Chris Pine for it you know what sure. I mean like he did the best he could with the crap they gave him for that line like yeah like sort of. Like, because Kirk doesn't go shut your mouth. It's just not a Kirk thing to do. No, he's he's way classier than that, generally. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I guess this all sort of um, begs the question then. I mean, we've, we've talked about our, like, any other, sh like, like, give me some thoughts on what you don't, like, any other thoughts on what you don't want the shows to be um, that you don't want before we get into I just what don't, doing? I just don't want them to be trying to be something else that's popular. Like, I, I find that we have such a crutch for that, sort of specifically in this in this market. Like, I, I feel like a good example, since, you know, we're, you were just talking about Cumberbatch. Um, like, the new Sherlock show is really, really good. But, like, it kind of goes back to the roots and does its, in, its own thing, right? But then we do a show with Sherlock here, and what is it? It's a police procedural with Sherlock Holmes going into investigations. Do you know what I mean? Like we just yeah. we lack we, we lack the faith that hey, let's just do something that let's just open our minds and have the you know use our imagination and and do something different instead of like and it paid off like once upon a time was something that had never been done before and like that show is doing really well like and I just wish that they would take more chances like that and that's what that's what they need to do with the Star Trek show they need to have faith in what Star Trek is and just commit to that. And then I think everyone will watch it. I don't think I think it's good enough to bridge the gap, is what I'm saying. Like I know that like the younger people now that are you know sort of actually being captured by the new Star Trek reboot, um, like the explosions and the you know the, that kind of stuff. They have short attention spans, but it's like I want to give them like some more credit. 
Like, I want to give them just a, just a little bit of faith. They've, they've seen the movies, and then, like, let that sort of introduce them to the characters, and then let's, let's do a show in that place and, and do it right. And guess what? They'll probably like it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, well, I just maybe I have too much. Because, you know what, this, this, this American Sherlock you're talking about, nobody watched and failed. And this, Did it really? Because I thought people watched that. I thought it was still on. Yeah, I don't even know if it's still on. I know I'm pretty it's no, sure it's still on. I know it's nowhere near as popular as as Sherlock. Of course not. Um, well, that's the thing. That's giving faith. That I, by the way, speaking of Sherlock, because um, I'm just starting season three, I heard somebody talking about. Um, I think it was Kevin Smith on one of his shows talking. Uh, or, in fact, no, it was. I think it was the Now Playing podcast. Maybe they were talking about. Um, Gary Old, no, is uh, oh, he's Forcecast. Sorry, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Sorry, fuck me. Um, uh, I, they were talking about um, Gary Oldman being in, uh, being thought about being cast in the new Star Wars, I'd and, like Benedict Ke- and Benedict Cumberbatch also may be being cast in the new Star Wars. Bad idea. Um, uh, and what they said is, they said, here's the difference: Gary Oldman disappears into his roles, and Benedict Cumberbatch plays a version of Sherlock everywhere he goes. Sure. Um, he plays a version of Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know if he's really I mean, like that. I don't that, know. But... I don't. I don't know him, so um, <laughs> I can't say. He I and I are that... pretty good friends. I hand. Oh, okay, so you guys are close. All right. Yeah. I, I would say that Benedict Cumberbatch, career-wise, um, is about where you could say that Alan Rickman might have been, had he not done things like Dogma or Love Actually, where he's like, I do, or or Galaxy Quest, where he plays. Even because because I would say you can draw a lot of comparisons in the talent. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is really interesting, but there's a lot of Alan Rickman there. He seems he's like young young Alan Rickman in terms of the way he talks, the tone, um, and he needs to play against type once or twice. I need to see him play something other than someone who's super super mega smart who has everything figured out and speaks in a low drawl to express to us how much smarter he is than the rest of us. I need to see him do. Something and and as I would Sherlock, certainly be interested to see him do that. I mean, well, in the season, have you seen the season three premiere, of Sherlock? Um, uh, I've seen uh, all of season three. All right, so so in the see, and I won't say anything that happens in it, but the beginning of season three, he does a French waiter imitation. It's mm-hmm. totally not what you would ever expect to see Sherlock do. Um, and Sherlock is inexplicably, and I don't want to say anything else happened, but has a character shift for unknown reasons, where suddenly he's making jokes and he's funny. Because um, I think I think the reason is is Benedict Cumberbatch was like, listen, I want to show I can do other shit, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so he needs to do something where he plays against this type that he has. Otherwise, he's done. I think he's going to be stuck. Yeah, and I don't um, want him to be stuck there because I think he's better than that. I mean, he's really good at doing what he's what he's done and what he does. But I sure. I feel like he's I I get I guess for whatever reason I just sort of feel like, and probably because I have like a huge actor crush on him. But I feel like he's actually a really really good actor. I but do you see what I actor do crush it. though? I, I think that might be the downfall of these fanboyisms. You know, I mean, think about Tom Hiddleston. Think about sure. him as anything other than Loki. I haven't seen him as anything other than Loki. I haven't seen him as anything other than Loki. He's a damn That's fine right. Loki. But he could be trying to do all these other things. Granted, the Loki gig might be getting him just handfuls upon handfuls of money. Right. But if he wants to be a versatile actor, good luck. You know, well, he's yeah. going to be he's that got, one guy. Yeah, but you know, he's got another movie in theaters right now that nobody's going to see. Like right, right now. And nobody's going I don't know. I didn't see it. Uh, so. you know, <laughs> Way to be part of the problem, Justin. It's kind of the typecasting type of thing, but I mean, is it a bad thing? You know, it, it is and it isn't. Well, he'll get royalties off of these movies yeah, for a long time. That's sure. true, but like, think about it. Like, there's just some, there's just some roles, unfortunately, when it's the first thing that you do that you wind up pigeonholed as an actor, like. Right. Like Mark Hamill. Not that Mark Hamill's like the greatest actor known to man or anything, but like <laughs> because he was Luke. I, I remember I actually went through a phase because I had like there was a time when I you know was more of a grown person because obviously I watched Star Wars when I was you know a kid and, and certainly I had a crush on Luke then but I didn't have resources to like find out other stuff he was in because I was like a kid but like when I grew up a little bit I was like he's so great whatever happened to him did he do other stuff and I went like yeah. on this binge where I found like all the other movies that Mark Hamill ever did and it wasn't that he was bad in him it wasn't that he sucks but like it was that he was Luke. And nobody really? wanted to see him do anything else. Do you, know, do, you, do, do you say it or do I say it? I mean, because we both know 
because you do voice acting and I've done voice acting, so we both know. Oh no, I know that he does that, but like he had to do, he had to go do voice work to yeah, get but not out just, being well, Luke. It, it but not, but not just voice work. He is more famous for a different role than Luke than he is for Luke now. Well, now, yeah, but I guess that's my point, right? Like, he couldn't get there by being Mark Hamill. Right. No, the yeah, only correct. way he could get there was by, like, just using his voice, and, like, nobody's making that association because, because people knew him as Luke. They didn't know what his fucking name was. You yeah, know what but I mean? You, you see Mark you, Hamill you, in the credits, whatever. But do you, know, do you know who else he is? Do you know, what, like, his other big role, Alexia? Yes. On Batman the Animated Series? Yes. He's the Joker, man. I know. And in He's fact... Like, the one of the movies I found him in that was like I I I believe it was before because I feel like it was like like 1989 maybe uh -huh. um I think it was called Black Magic Woman and what's funny to me is um I think and I think it was when I was watching Batman the animated series that I was like whatever did happen to that's Mark Hamill like and I went on the, I think that's what sort of started me on the whole thing and there's a scene when he laughs at the woman in this movie, and it's totally the Joker laugh. All right, so I'll tell you how we got <laughs> the Joker. Awesome. As a side note, there used to be an old Flash TV show. Um, it only lasted one season. You might remember as Flash in a big bulky red suit, like post-1989 Batman. Um, and he appeared on a, in, as a very Riddler-type character called the Trickster. And it's the Joker. It's him basically doing the Joker. Um, and based on that, he got the the role doing the Joker. It's based That's on how the, he I, got the Joker. Yeah, I watched that show because I was like, it was like, there's a superhero show on TV. This could never be. <laughs> they will never do this again. <laughs> um, um, I'm gonna let uh, Gino um, say his his bit, but I do want to say um, regarding um, procedurals. Would you say that Agents of Shield takes Avengers and puts it? as a police procedural. Are they not a group of experts in sort of a CSI lab that travel around, much like this show is describing as, to different locales no. to deal with, but and to basically do the mop-up crew and, and deal with what's going on and I feel like what it, what it is, it's its ends. I feel like it is, there, I feel like it's more like a spy show than it's like a police procedural if that makes sense. Like, there's intrigue, there's certainly hierarchy within, um, within S.H.I.E.L.D., but, and they're, they're getting the cases that, you know, aren't necessarily big, you know, Thor hit, you know, kind of stuff, but I feel like it's, I think it's more akin to that because there's, like, missions. You know what I mean? Whereas a police procedural is kind of more like some shit went down, they go, they investigate, they use the clues. Like, I just... I feel like it doesn't have the same vibe. Like, All right, yeah, I see get that. there after the stuff is done. Like they go in kind of to investigate a bigger picture, like more like a spy show, which is why I think it's okay. Um, Gina, what do you not want? Is showing to me. Well, I definitely don't want another prequel because technology has advanced since we've had other Star Trek shows. Let me let me just... ask you: prequel to what? Do you not want it to be like? Like, what if it is a sequel, to, and we'll talk about what we do want it, what if it's a sequel to the Star Trek movie, but that still makes it a prequel to the prime timeline? Like, like explain. I, I think New Universe would be okay, because you have new things to expand on. Um, if you put it in the original timeline, it definitely has to be further in the future than Deep Space Nine, Voyager, all of that. But whatever they make it, it needs to be a reflection of what's going on on our planet. Especially now more than ever that we have the internet. We can find out at any time what's going on at any part of the planet. You guys know right now there's uh, you know a huge uprising going on in the Ukraine. And what's the South Ukraine? Exactly. You know, the South America's burning right now. And there's so much stuff that we don't know because we're pigeonholed into our own lives and reality TV and your day in, day out to your, to your boring job. Oh, fuck reality TV. Except Seriously. for Chopped. Yeah, chopped because Chopped is great. Sorry. <laughs> it needs to be a reflection of where we are as people because I want I want everybody who directs an episode of this new Star Trek series which will eventually happen because the nerds always win to to believe wholeheartedly on the words of Carl Sagan because he got it right. We need to advance as people 
and you think about how little is spent on our actual space program and learning more about what's around us. I mean, you think about how big our solar system is. Just just our, you know, the sun in the neighborhood. Just these nine. Right. Yeah, fuck you. There are nine planets. These nine know, right? planets. <laughs> we're a dot. Yeah. And people don't care. People don't care about anything except what's going on in their little tiny life. And it's like there is so much more out there. Oh, you you want that, you know, one carat diamond on your finger because some sports star wears that? Did you know that there is a planet nearby? There is a planet that's under such immense pressure that is made primarily of diamond. A diamond fucking planet, you morons. And- <laughs> And you're worried about one little carrot on your on your finger. There is so much more out in the universe that we have no idea what's going on. It's so immense. I'm going to mimic Jodie Foster here for a minute. There is no way that we are alone. Absolutely no way. If you think about evolution, you, you think about the way our planet started, there were these gigantic reptilian creatures who were killing each other, acting like animals. And then a rock came out of the sky and killed them all. Then we had to start evolving again from bacteria. Think if that rock hadn't hit our planet. Think about how advanced, well, one of we wouldn't be human beings, we'd be advanced dinosaurs. But think about how advanced... Like on Voyager. Right. Oh, God, don't even fucking say that shit. <laughs> that was so it, bad. It needs to be in the future... And it needs to be a reflection of what's going on in the world because all people get is Fox News all right. and what they hear on Facebook. Right? I'm, I'm so I'm, with you, dude. I'm going to stop you right there because that segues us very, very well into uh, – because we started to evolve ourselves into uh, what we want it to be. And I think that is a great topic that we will discuss next week. Uh, on Trek Off. But, uh, for, but for today, uh, my name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And of course, my your name, name is... Kino. And Trek Off. Trek Off, bitches! Trek the fuck off! You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks Radio radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment